All right, we are back live. The All Star MMA live because it's live. Anyways, um, USC Jacksonville was the card, but there's so much else to talk about in the world of uh, mixed martial arts in the world of combat sports. But before we get into those topics, make sure you guys go in the descriptions, download the All Star app. Even if you're not an MMA fan and you enjoy sports in general, football, basketball. PFL, well, what is it? Not PFL. What was that league? E- EPL. I get those yeah. confused. EPL, not PFL. EPL. Any league in the world, pretty much. You can customize the app to follow all the news, all the scores, everything. Follow the players, and and the the best thing about the app is is the picks option. And JSpec's got a league going on in there, and uh, yeah, go in there, download the app, join the league. Pick fights, join JSpec's league, win prizes. That's how it works. Please, please keep it cordial. JSpec is in there like a sheriff, sheriff of uh, of uh, of the league. So, anyways, yeah, man, he's got some great prizes, and uh, we'll talk about those later on in the show. Let's get into the first topic of conversation: is Ilya Taporia going in there and lambasting? Uh, master classing. I don't even know how you would describe it. It was just phenomenal. He keeps his undefeated record intact. You know what I mean? It was his first main event, his first fight against like a, a legit, complete legit, you know, former title challenger, um, has like crazy power, um, phenomenal athlete. You know what I mean? And and Taporia goes in there and, and shows that he is a top, dare I say, top three maybe fighter in the in the division top five without a doubt right top five without a doubt sicko just talk about the performance first man i mean you nailed it man just from top to bottom dominant was one score 50 42 am i saying that right i know it was a couple 50 44s in there i mean complete dominance regardless of what the score was and i'm not gonna lie you know what my first reaction was after that fight was were we too tough on bryce mitchell (laughs) <laughs> he's probably Mitchell actually really good we just too tough on him after i see what taporia did to emmett i mean this guy is the real deal I mean, he's a real deal man high iq his ability to not get into those phone booth fights where emmett's really really dangerous you see he has that natural reaction to do so he has the power too but he was smart enough not to get not to engage he was smart enough to stay on the jab his jab is what impressed me the the most i didn't know his jab was that clean I mean, impressive, man. Impressive all around. And yeah, title contender for sure. Why not? I, I don't see why this fight wouldn't make you think that he's ready for it now. Um, Jay Speck, what did you think of uh, the performance? Was was he everything that you thought he would be against Emmett, or did he surprise you? I, I would I would have to say I was pleasantly I was pleasantly surprised, but not shocked. I was hoping that that's what was going to happen. I I did find him in moments, if I'm going to criticize him, I did find him in moments staying in front of Emmett just a touch too long, but he got out of it. He was he kept his guard high. He, he caught some off the gloves, so that was good of him uh, because the, the what I thought the whole time was that Emmett hits hard and all he needs is one. There was a couple times where he extended, like I said, extended his stay in front of him, almost caught a receipt, but almost doesn't count. It only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades and in fighting. Uh, man, he he performed. And I think this is one of those times 
where maybe we'll look back and see it more clearly, but it just happened in front of our face where a changing of the era is starting to happen, right? I mean, Emmett is great, but he's, you know, he's in the back nine of his career respectfully. So this is, I think, a change of the guard happening right in front of our eyes. Also, what I want to say about that performance was his fifth round. The ass kicking was great, but the fifth round where he, I, I don't know if it's his coaches, him, or all of the above, give him all credit. He went and was like, nah, I'm going to take you down. I'm going to minimize. I'm going to totally take this right-hand nuclear device from Emmett away completely and went that way with it. And I thought that was very clever and intelligent, and that's what you want to see from young fighters. I think we talked about this a couple a week or so ago in Sarukian, right? Like um, intelligent and talented young. Intelligent, talented young. What a magical triangle to have as an athlete. And Mr. Taporia has it. Yeah, man. He's uh, what you said, Jay Speck. It was a, a changing of the guard. When you look at Josh Emmett, right? And I, and I love Josh Emmett. Josh Emmett has shown us some incredible knockouts, incredible performances against some of the top guys. And, and almost like he he did that himself, right? With with um, what's the cat from uh, Chicago? Uh, uh, Ricardo Ramos, right? It was kind of like that for him and Ricardo Ramos, right? Ricardo Ramos was one of the top guys. Josh Emmett goes in there, knocks him out, right? It was the changing of the guard. Kind of similar to this. You know, Josh Emmett is 38 years old, man. At featherweight, how many guys do you see at 35? Like, very rare. I think... Um, maybe the champ is like 34, uh, right now, Volkanovsky, right? So he's Volkanovsky is playing with danger right now with age, right? In the featherweight division, but Josh Emmett, he defied the odds and competed at the top level. He's 38 years old. I don't know if it's over for him right now, but clearly he needs to make some, some changes, right? If he's going to make any changes to move forward, um, he could still beat a lot of the guys in the top 15. He could spark a lot of the guys in the top 15. But it seemed like maybe he relied on his striking a little too much. And and his striking has been somewhat limited in his performances. I'm not saying it's not limited. I'm just saying the use of, like, the tools that he has has been limited. Taporia, man, he's one of those. I think, like, he's kind of similar to, I'm not saying style-wise, but, like, in, when I view him, He's really similar to TJ Dillashaw, man. He can pretty much do everything. Everything, man. You know he can grapple. He black belt, right? He 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 wasn't afraid to go to the ground with uh with a uh, Ryan Hall, sparked his ass, and then Bryce Mitchell, you know what I mean? Like just the the dude is legit and he just showed everybody he's legit and we need to start paying attention to him, man, and not doubting him. Remember he was uh he was supposed to fight Patty Piblet. Dude, the organization dodged a bullet with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, like, Taporia is, like, fraud-checking people, right? That's what he's doing with his career right now. He's just fraud-checking people, and he's slowly rising to the top. And, yeah, man, I'm interested to see what he can do. Does he deserve a title shot? That's the question. Like, Mm. everybody's already jumping to, he should fight Volkanovsky. He's going to be the one to do. Are we forgetting that Yair Rodriguez is fighting Alexander Volkanovsky in two weeks. Is that what's happening, Sicko? Don't don't forget it, man. Don't forget it. I don't know why Yair is getting written off as much as he is. It seems like everyone is darn near guaranteeing a win for Volk. I can see Yair winning that fight. But for for Taporia, yeah, I mean, what else is there? Like, if you look at the division, maybe an Arnold Allen, Brian Ortega still out with, with an injury. 
I mean, maybe he can wait and fight the winner of Max and and uh, Zombie. But do you want to do that? Do you want Max to knock off another contender at this point? You know what I mean? I I can see a situation where he just waits for the winner of Yair and Volk, to be honest with you. And I don't think that's a bad move, especially with that type of performance. If it was a tough one, if he had some really big struggles and we were sitting here talking about the deficiencies of Taporio, then maybe not. But we're not. We're not sitting here talking about, man, he needs to work on this, he needs to work on that. We're sitting here talking about how well-rounded he is, how he can win fights wherever they take place. I think making him wait out and fighting the winner of that, it, it makes sense to me. It does. An Arnold Allen, I wouldn't be mad at either, though. Oh, Arnold Allen, man. Can he beat Taporio? That's the question now. It's like, can Arnold Allen beat Taporio? Like, I could see Max Holloway beating Taporio, right? Because Max Holloway is another one of those guys that are is good everywhere. Like, he's a five-tool fighter, right? Cardio, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, striking, everything, right? And, and Taporio is the same. Volkanovski is the same, right? Those guys are like, I think right now, we are seeing even, you know, except for the Jose Aldo era, right? We are seeing seeing the best era at featherweight right now. The best fighters right now at featherweight, yeah, right? For sure. I, I know this respect to, um, you know, Chad Mendez, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and, and all the other great fighters that have, you know, fought in that division. I'm just saying right now, like, look at like five tool fighters, like guys that are not limited to like one aspect or two aspects of the game. Like they can do everything really well. Man, I just named you three of them. Holloway, who is a goat. Volkanovski, who is a goat. And Taporia, man, this man. And even even like, I don't know. I don't I, I hesitate to put Yair in that category because Yair really doesn't take He's good off his down. back. But he, yeah, all, wrestling yeah. offensively isn't. Yeah, because just in case, let's say he goes into a fight and he does have to offensive wrestle. Can he do that? Because we've seen Taporia being able to do that. We've seen Max go for takedowns as well and get them. Volkanovski, of course, it's just, can he do it? You know what I mean? That's the question. And Yair, I think he's a a top 10 featherweight of all time. It's just, we will see next in two weeks, right? Like, if he is going to be up there on the list, right? Because if he dethrones Volkanovski, then it's clear. And you know Max, he's gonna be like calling the UFC. Yo, Let me get that. Let's cancel that fight with a zombie, and let's put <laughs> let's hook up that little title fight with uh, Yair, right? That that that's what I would be doing, right? Because it, I don't know. I I look at that Max Holloway zombie fight as kind of like a placeholder for 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 this moment right now, until that fight is over. Because if if Volkanovski loses, that opens the door for Max Holloway. And it kind of pushes uh, Taporia back a little bit, though. But uh, Jay Speck, what do you do with Josh Emmett, man? 38 years old. He's on a two-fight losing streak. He's he's lost to two of the best guys in the division, two of the best guys to ever be in the division. What do you do with him? I let him rest. You know, boy, boy got an ass kicking. Um, but I don't really know. You know, like we said, you at this point of his career, you got to be fighting uphill or you're wasting time. And uphill is crowded. There's no, like, who, the only person that's available is the guy which I think is the most suiting for Tapuria, right? I think Arnold Allen. I instantly, right after the fights, I said it during the space, I think Arnold mm-hmm. Allen is probably the guy he should be facing. So with that being said, I don't really know who we who we go with there. You know, I, I don't. I don't really have an immediate answer that I think people are going to like. Um, maybe Giga. 
if he's ready, you know, I, I think that would maybe be okay. Um, but it's tough. It's a tough answer, a tough question, and I don't have a great answer for it, I'll be honest. You know, and I'll go to what you said. I I also agree with uh, Sickle and both of you. I agree with you guys so much that Max and Tapuria would suck because Max is going to beat them, and then we're stuck in this weird situation. I would like to see fresh title fights. We have way too many divisions stuck on repeat, stuck on rematch. Um, but with that being said, Max has a fight. Volk has a fight. And if Tapuria needs to be scheduled into a fight soon, then I think on merit and just counting the numbers, he should go, you know, Arnold Allen is the appropriate matchup and uh, let those guys figure it out. But Mr. Emmett, man, I don't, I don't know. You know, uh, here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. It's going to be about what he wants inside of his head. I'm not his friend. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. But if he still has championship ambition, then he's going to have to take a fight that's probably not uh, in his favor. Um, But on the other hand, he can still nuke guys. He's definitely not like, you know, shot. He didn't look shot to me. He just looked like he was on the B side of of a fight. And... (sighs) Man, I would like to see him hang around for a while more and collect some wins, you know, as a, for a veteran, get that veteran pay, stack that bank account a little bit. And uh, maybe that that in, that would include fighting downhill a little bit, fighting some guys that are outside. Maybe like Bryce Mitchell, you brought it up, uh, sicko. Like Bryce, probably not all that bad, huh? Like just like you said. So I know that's a big drop off from Grace and it's not in the direction of a championship. But it's about what he realistically is targeting inside of his heart, what he feels inside of himself at this point in the game. So I think either one of two things can happen. Emmett makes some hard choices and tries to fight back uphill again for another title run. Or two, he just becomes this guy, maybe an accessory to Max that levels out the the weight class and you know for sure if guys are legit or not to start coming for the crown. And that glorified gatekeeper Somebody who keeps dominance over the top 10 is not a diss, you know? Like, when you're talking about your, the top 10 fighters in the world of a weight class, that's no disrespect to Mr. Emmett. And that's that's why I have no idea besides uh, Giga. That's my pick. I'll go with him versus Giga. There you go. When you look at the uh, the top 10, right, you got Yair at number one. He's fighting the champ. Max, who's booked with the number seven guy, TKZ. And then you got Ortega floating around, Arnold floating around at three and four. I think Arnold and uh, Ortega, I think that's a good matchup. I think they should put that together. They've been floating around for a little while, right? They're they're kind of like they're coming off losses. I, I feel like they should fight. Calvin Cater is still injured. He's number six. Giga's number eight. It's almost like we forgot about Giga, right? Giga was supposed to fight the Korean zombie, and they just took him out and said, no. Nope. We're gonna put Max in there because this is what Max wants. Max wants Understandable, it, yeah. man. Max is a he's he's been around for a long time. You got uh Taporia at number nine, which will probably change eventually. Um uh, what is it? You got uh Mavzar at number 10 and Mitchell at number eleven. Those two will probably end up fighting. They look like they're they want to get booked against each other. Um Taporia's options are to wait for the title shot. If that's what the UFC wants, do they want Taporia? to get that opportunity next do they do they have a huge show in europe maybe coming up maybe uk i don't know i don't think so is there one coming up maybe abu dhabi i'm not for sure 
but yeah, he represents Georgia. Here. He represents Spain. Um, I don't think they're going to have any shows in those countries anytime soon. There's a lot of factors, man, that go into like getting a fighter a title shot. And uh, I don't know if he's in prime position yet. Sicko, it looks like your brain's storming something. What do you got? Well, I was thinking about possible fights for him. Uh, for Emmett, what he was talking. As far as Ilya goes, yeah, man. It's just tough because of that movement. Like, It's tough for two reasons. One, Max just keeps knocking everybody off. He's just holding that. And as long as you – I mean, look at who we have fighting for the title right now, Yair. Yair lost to Max. You could make the case that it should be Max instead of Yair again, but you can't keep making cases for Max over and over and over again. I mean, at some point, are we going to have – think about the possibility of having a fourth fight between two guys where one of the guys has never won a fight. Nah. Have we ever seen anything like that? Have we ever seen anybody get four chances without winning a single one? And I know, obviously, the fact that a lot of people felt like he won at least one of those has a lot to do with it. But the facts are the facts. He lost all three, and he's still holding on to that spot where Yair jumps him in the rankings simply because they need another contender. So if I'm the UFC, I just have to Taporia wait out. I mean, he just beat Emmett at five. Arnold Allen's coming off of a loss. And Brian Ortega, I I saw a picture of Brian that he posted like two days ago still in a sling. So he ain't fighting anytime soon. Just have him wait it out, man. Let Max fight uh, fight Zombie, and then Max can pick what he wants to do after that fight. You know, depending on who wins, I'm not I'm not going to, you know, write out Zombie. I think we can all agree that Max is a pretty big favorite there. But we'll let Max decide what he wants to do after that. He's just in a tough, tough position. If there's no movement... I mean, here's here's another thing. There could be a situation where Volk wins and his next fight is at 155. If Islam is still holding on to the bout, you know Volk wants to run that back. Maybe there's a vacant title between uh, Taporia and Max. And now Max gets his shot to get the title back without having to fight Volk again. Volk can say, all right, cool, I've ran through this division. Let me go up to 55. And now we have Taporia and Max for a vacant or Taporia and Yair. If Yair wins, there's so many opportunities for Ilya if he just holds off. Because if he wants to fight, I just don't know who's there for him. Uh, especially if he moves up to like four or three in the rankings. I don't I don't know what else is there for him. Yeah, you know, it all depends. It all hangs on what happens in the next two months. Like you got a big fight in August. You got a big fight in July. Um but you mentioning that Volkanovski, it's not a, out the realm of possibility. If he does win the fight and he's not like his, his health is good, they're going to book him, dude, against Mahachev. I think that's what's going to happen because yeah. why would they not have booked like Mahachev with an opponent yet? Like I understand there's like backroom dealings and all that shit going on, but I'm just saying like I think they're waiting for two more weeks to see how what what transpires in that fight to see if they're going to book. Because the rematch is massive, man, in Abu Dhabi, to be honest with you. It's massive. It garners so much attention, that first fight. And a lot of people said that Volkanovski won. And whenever there's controversy, you know, like, you know, the UFC, they like to take advantage of that because that's what they could put into the highlight packages. You know what I mean? The countdowns, you know, yeah. it, it builds some kind of like animosity in, in some ways, right? Because Volkanovski, sure. you, you know, he's bitter. He might not say it out loud, but you know he's bitter that he lost that fight, right? Like, Yeah, he thinks he, he won. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And his whole team does, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's the whole IV situation, which could come up again in Abu Dhabi. A if you know what I'm talking there's about. A whole lot of backstory. Potatoes in the sack. That's 
also part of the whole <laughs> IV situation too. If you don't know what I mean, I'm just telling you some 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 information that uh, I've heard in the past. The potato sack. But anyways, <laughs> and you don't know what's in the IVs. Uh, but yeah, so there's a lot of good good. You know, a lot of people say like featherweight was gonna be, you know, congested or or, or like there was gonna be a, a you know some some stagnation but it has not man these guys have come up and won big fights and and now we got a, a mix-up right Arnold Allen was supposed to be the next guy Max knocking off but then now we got Taporia you know there's there's some good stuff going I mean, on credit right? to and, Ilya for giving us this yeah conundrum because yeah. imagine if Ilya lost to Emmett then we'd be going well damn we wanted Allen he lost to Max we wanted Taporia we lost to Emmett and it yeah. stays exactly the same that it's been over the last year and some change like so credit to Taporia for being that young guy to finally break through because yeah you're right every time these guys have been trying to break through it's the veterans that just keep knocking them off i remember dan Ige had some hype to him and emmett beat him then it was like all right here comes cater and max destroys them it's like there's always these veterans that are just keep pushing these guys down and taporia seems like he might be the chosen one he might be that like rob said earlier that change another guard that new fresh face to get in there especially with these guys like you said uh earlier john with with uh volk's age mm. He's not going to be around forever. I don't think he's going to be around for much longer, to be honest with you, Volk. I don't think he's going to be one of those guys that's going to be like chasing I, after the title after he loses it too much. I can see Volk. That. I can even see Volk if, let's say, they book Islam and, and Charles Oliveira. I could see Volk saying, I'll take the winner of it. It doesn't have to yeah. be Islam. I'll take Charles yeah. if Charles wins. And what is, is it, wouldn't that be the biggest fight for Charles, too, at 55? Oh, for sure. Like other than that, I mean, was he gonna fight Dustin or? It's Justin funny again? that Volk has become the biggest fight in the lightweight for one fifty five. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird, right? Like, Credit Charles become... for Islam for that. They, you know, for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, for 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 Holloway, I think best case scenario for him is like he wins the fight against Zombie. He fights Taporia, and and Volk wins his fight. Goes and fights for the lightweight title, interim title again. He wins the interim title against Taporia. Now we get a fourth fight, which looks like it's not a fourth fight because there's two belts going on. You know, like right, like right. that. It's all an illusion, right? So you yeah. don't really care about the history. Most people yeah. don't. They just you have care to about BMF sprinkle some salt on it to exactly. make it interesting. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Um. Yeah. Let Let's move on to to the co-main event, uh, between uh, Amanda Rivas and uh, Macy Barber. Uh, I thought this was an interesting fight. Uh, did it surprise me? Not really. The reason why is because Amanda Rivas fights the same all the time, and then this is what happens sometimes to her. She just, I don't. She just decides that okay, I'm not gonna do anything else except for try to throw bombs. And uh, Macy Barber showed you that she has improved striking. Right? She's much improved from what she was a couple fights ago. Uh, J Spec, did you feel impressed by this performance? I. I'm genuinely moved, and I'm now officially a Macy Barber fan. I I liked her, you know, but I was also under the, uh, I mean, under under the spell that she wasn't there yet. She hadn't reached all the things people were saying about her. She can't look. She came into the league with hype, which is rare for women. Then she wins a couple, even just stack the hype on top of her. I mean, the hype train for her was really strong. She fluttered, she had a moment, blah, 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 blah. Now, take a half step to the side. I'm a big Amanda fan. I like I like Miss Hibas a lot. And the way she just wrecked her, just complete decimation, showed just 
she's on that boat. She's on the same boat as Tapuria, so the same boat as Sarukian, young, talented, smart, doing all the right things, firing on all cylinders. Macy Barber is looking as good as you could hope at this stage of her age, not just her career uh, experience, but her age group. And then on top of that, like, it's really rare. I'll be honest. Like, think about how many fighters we we give this crown or praise to, and they don't really get there. She's there already, I think. And now some people, when we're talking about the previous match with Tapuri, oh, title fight. Eh, I don't know. I'm still not sold. But put, put Barbara in a title fight. Put her in a title fight. I'll watch her fight anytime now. She's... She's all that. She's everything you hope for in a fighter. And uh, the women, you better watch out because Maisie Barber is going to bust your ass. That's just how it is now. Like, she is the new problem. And uh, she's the problem, and she's on her own answer. She's all everything. She's all of it. I love you, Macy Barber. I'm now the biggest fan, and I'm going to have to buy some of your merch. I have to disagree, man. I don't think Macy Barber is at that level. I don't yes. think so. The reason why is because Amanda Hebas, she she's fighting in two divisions at one time, man. Like, um, you know, she's a. I think she needs to go back down to straw weight because it seems like these girls are just too powerful for her, right? I know she won her. I believe she won her last fight at uh, what is it? At flyweight, right? Yeah. And then you know she grew her Viviana confidence. From that. Yeah, and that was a good win. Um. But the thing is, Macy Barber is one of those like built flyweights, right? Just, just like all power, you know what I mean? Like all just muscle, you know what I mean? Like just, and I think that was something that came into factor against Amanda Hibas. I think Amanda Hibas should just go back down and and you know make the changes that you need to make as an athlete to to cut cut down as safe as you can because we don't know exactly how these fighters are doing their cuts. And the reason why they're having bad cuts is because they don't have professionals. And, you know, if you're a top 15 fighter in the UFC, and this is probably the UFC's fault. If you're a top 15 fighter in the UFC and you don't have enough money to get yourself a personal, like, dietitian or nutritionist, and you're a top 15 fighter, there is something wrong with the UFC, right? Because you can't be uh, one of the 15 most talented and the best fighter in the world on the planet, right? You know, just separate all the other promotions. And you're supposed to be fighting for the top organization that is making the most money, that garners the most attention. And you can't afford a nutritionist, which is not that expensive, right? There's regular people that have nutritionists. Jason, what do you think? One, you're absolutely right. I mean, the one, okay. One, you're absolutely right. They should be able to afford it. And two, what's the whole... I've heard from a lot of other fighters, like, what's the whole nutrition plan coming from the PI? They, like, they send you food, and is that only during camp they send you food? Like, shouldn't this be just part of your deal, UFC? Like, getting you, make sure your athletes are, you know, primed and healthy and maximum. If it's that situation, then it's the fighter's fault. Right, and that's that's where it's going to, like, flirting between weight classes, like you said, John. Flirting, let's... I'm going to take an analogy from a, a, another sport, right? It's in football. If you've got two quarterbacks, that means you got none. If you're in two weight classes, that means you belong in one of them, not both of them, and you're missing out on something. But just real quick, quick looking at the, the rankings, I'm looking above Macy Barber because she's still ranked at 11 for now. Bro, she wrecks 
so many of these girls easily. Now, there's a couple of women in here that I think would be hard, but I want to see her. I mean, maybe it's too soon, and the UFC is not going to do this because you're going to cut two prospects at the same time, not cut them from the roster, but hurt one of their images. Aaron Blanchfield. Aaron Blanchfield and her would be spectacular. I think it's even fight night main card worthy or put her co-main event of something or whatever. Like, dude, look at this. She she wrecked Hibas, who, who wrecked Arujo, right? She kills Maya. She kills Murphy. She kills Caitlyn. Like, Jessica you're Andrade. Saying, you're saying Macy Barber kills those fighters? Yes. Yes, no she way, runs. She runs on, I, I, she like, runs I like her over Lauren Murphy and Caitlyn. When did Shakayan get her last name changed? Anyway, I like her over oh, Kaylee yeah, and Lauren like, Murphy. What, what, what? How did that fly under the radar? Right? Like, what is she is that? Just, or y'all just stuffed discovered that together. Yeah. She beats the she new Caitlyn. I I didn't hear any news about. I was gonna say Shakayan. I was like, that's not Shakayan, but that yeah. is Shakayan. We're, we're casuals, dude. Like, we didn't even know that. I didn't Kaylin, even know Caitlyn Shakayan changed hey, her name. Well, on that note, blessings to you, uh, Caitlyn, yes, former Shakayan. Yeah, but I agree. Kaylin. I think maybe beats those two. Here, here's my proposition for who she should get next. She should get a loser next because we have two really big fights and the loser is going to be really good. Rose just announced her move up in weight and she's taking on uh, Manon Furo. Fight the loser of that or fight the loser of Val and Alexa. True. Okay. True. That's not bad, but... I have to disagree with you guys about Macy Barber being. You're not feeling it, huh? Like, nah. And like, she's, <laughs> like she's much improved from her last couple of fights. She impressed but, me, man. But her against Amanda Hibas, come on, a girl that's basically a strawweight fighting at flyweight. Uh, I don't, I don't see. Like, we'll have to see in her next fight. And and you guys are pushing her to get a big fight. And and I don't, I don't mind that. I don't disagree with that. But man, that's gonna be the test. Is her next fight? Is hey, that division's pop. I'm not gonna lie, man. I know. People give a hard time whenever you start really, really amping up a female division. But that division's popping. We forget that Tatiana just came back, and she's in that division now. She has a huge fight with Andrade. Shout out Andrade for taking that on short notice. Isn't that Blanchfield? No, uh, uh-uh. uh, Tatiana came back and said she's moving up to flyweight. Oh, for real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And it's weird we because both Blanchfield of those girls are are ranked in uh in strawweight. Yeah, they're both ranked in strawweight, but yeah. they're fighting in, in the higher division. But yeah, and you. Tatiana's a girl that can throw a wrench in all the people's pockets. Oh, with her sure. wrestling pedigree, man, she is, especially the if she was out there in Manhattan. You got Rose, you got Manon, you got Blanchfield, you got, um, what's her name? Uh, Macy Montos. Barber, the one that you guys love. And uh, <laughs> like, got, look, look, now he put this on us. The one that you, you got, love. Valentina, she's not even the champion anymore, right? It is, you're right, it could That's become on fire, man. more, more like attractive than the, the strawweight division. I'm like, just this saying, division it, can turn especially into with crazy. Rose moving up. Rose is a big name to just throw in there all of a sudden, and you got like uh, Caitlin. Kermagian, that's what I'm gonna call her from now on. Kermagian, <laughs> you got Laura Murphy, you got Jennifer Maya, which are the veterans of that division, still ranked in the top ten. You could feed them to the up and comers, like and then Blanchfield you know, and Santos you got, already um, matched. Tracy up. Cortez, let's throw Tracy Cortez in there against um, uh, Caitlin Tr- Kermagian, right? Let's throw uh, Jasmine Jazzvidius in there against Laura Murphy. Let's let's see those fights. 
Why not? Casey right? O'Neal still sitting around. Casey O'Neal is going to fight uh, Viviano Arujo. She's sitting at number 10. So she's fighting mm-hmm. up in the rankings. Did like Casey O'Neal is another uh, veteran, right? Uh, you got Andrea Lee still stomping around in the top 15 as well. You could put her against. Uh, I'm telling you, bro. That's yeah. a stacked division. You're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. There's like a, a movement going on, right? A changing of the guard, so to say. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, We'll see, man. But uh, let's get some of these comments. I, I like what the hype. Saying All Star Gang for sure, Brianna Frost. Go go check out her uh, OnlyFans. It's it's off the hook. Um, we got M M saying uh, he's talking about the the main event a little bit. Changes to Giga versus TKZ and Max versus Topori. Everyone wants to give Ilya a championship fight, but I'd rather see Max versus uh, TKZ. Yes, I wouldn't be mad if he got the title fight, but you know if he got another fight, which is a big fight, I wouldn't mad. Uh, M saying, uh, what since when does beating Rebas make you a top contender? And he says that he is a Rebus fan, a Hebus fan. And then there's some more. Soares came back and fought at flyweight, but she says she was planning to go down to strawweight. Tap uh, says it's a strawweight fight. Tatiana wanted the Rose fight. Wow. Oh, Jessica's making strawweight on, on short notice? Damn. That's weird, right? That's so, okay, just to conclude my argument for Macy Barber's awesomeness, all right, this is the last time I'm going to fly the flag, is – that it's not just she won, she like kicked her ass into a finish. Like we gotta remember what like women as they move up, especially top 10 stuff, the, the amount of finishes that happen just drop off a cliff. You get a lot of decisions. And I think you should give a young talent all the shine and all the opportunity to keep seeing how far uh it can go with a finish like that. I mean, she like yeah, that, that's all I'm saying. Finishing, I agree. Fin- women finishing is important. I agree, Rob. It's not who she be; it's how she beat her. But do, do, don't you don't you forget that before she finished her, it was a competitive fight. So like she, she was a little bloody. All right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, she was bloody. She was a little messed up, bro. I'm just saying. I'm not saying that's the telling t- sign of like, but it wasn't a complete like master class like where she wasn't marked up and she was out there flowing and like doing her little thing it wasn't like that i'm just telling you like no, she we had didn't to come see back. her go in there okay and i mean and, and the andrea lee fight was close as well like she didn't destroy andrea lee. how that many controversial really decisions has macy barber had about three <laughs> yeah exactly <I'm> <laughs> about saying. three and people think she lost all of them and they <laughs> don't like her for it and that was me that's why i'm on the macy barber she's the future all right that's why i'm on the oh, macy i'm not saying barber she's trade. not the future but she's young I'm not jumping she's gonna on, get there you know but i agree i'm not saying right that now. she beats the top four but i think she does beat shikagi and sir monara and i think she beats lauren murphy i think she beats those two okay i think that i think those fights will probably end up being signed. One of those fights, to be honest. Or Maya. I mean, Jennifer Maya is a good matchup for it too. That's that's another one. I think those, those are the three. Those probably. are the ones I was saying. Yeah, you're right. Oh, those are the ones I think she'll get next. And if she could get past them, like the same way, if she beats them the same way, and not on no bullshit ass controversial decision, <laughs> like she beats them the same way, then I will be like, all right, let's see, Macy Barber. Like she's super young still, but she has reached some level of uh potential right like where yeah, she's, she's just like okay right yeah so yeah so she's the future of the division without a doubt right and uh we will see that alexa grasso versus uh macy barber fight eventually or actually rematch sorry because she lost to alexa grasso Is, isn't alexa grasso one of those fighters that you would never expected to become who she has become right she's the pound for pound number one women's fighter in the world 
didn't see it coming she's out. She's just so unassuming too. She doesn't talk exactly. a big game. She's very soft spoken, like a little sweetheart. And here you are, number one pound for pound. She's lucky that they have this huge push for Mexico as well. It's perfect timing, right? It's not because sometimes when you're not getting pushed, they don't really want to give you the fights. You could have an eight fight winning streak. Look at Benil Darius with eight fight winning streak <laughs> gone. Uh, Tony Ferguson gone right like it's just like well she's looking for two reasons right there was a big mexico push and then there was just the fact that the champion at that time had come full lap around everybody so exactly they're kind of like well we'll find somebody yeah i guess she's ranked six whatever there's no one else for you there's so many circumstances right that happen for for fighters to get the opportunities that they get and you just gotta go in the cage and and take advantage of and that's what alexa grosso did so she's an elite fighter she deserves everything that she's She's accomplished, right? And and maybe I'm I'm talking all this nonsense about Macy Barber, and she's gonna do the same thing. Yeah, she yeah, does. Macy's I hope, so, still, hope so. I mean, she's not even she's not at her prime yet. She's not at the nah. peak of her skills yet. But I'll tell you one thing that I really want to see. I want to see Grasso successfully defend her bout against Val. I don't want to see Rose remind everybody that she's capable of something spectacular. I'm gonna get a Rose Mama Eunice and Alexa Grasso fight. That's what I want to see, man. For sure. Um, and I'm sorry, but Queen Shevchenko will reign again, buddy. Sorry, she's favored. Buddy. She's favored for a reason. She ain't going to make that same goofy mistake she made. Want, you know what I mean? Well, everybody watching, make sure you guys go make your picks on the app. It's in the descriptions. Download it. If you have it already, go make your picks for next, even for next week's uh, card. Strickland versus Abus. I think that's his name. Um, next fight coming up. It only lasted 29 seconds, and someone got poked in both eyes. <laughs> Justin Taffa versus Austin Lane. This is a weird, weird situation, and I'm going to tell you why it's a weird one. Is because Austin Lane was originally supposed to fight Justin's younger brother, Junior, and he pulled out in like 24 hours or something. It was weird. They announced it, and then the fight was canceled like 24, 48 hours later. And uh, and then Austin Lane gets his brother, Justin, goes in there and pokes him in the eye, and the fight is over in uh 29 seconds man and justin's not i know justin justin's not a type of guy that would just get poked in the eye and be like okay i'm done no he's trying he says he can't see and he's was he bleeding right out the eye mm-hmm. yeah 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 i mean that's you, bad. Can, you can see it it's not for everybody who's been poked in the eye like this or whatever it's there's a reflex that happens and your eye literally force shuts down and you can see the doctor mechanically prying open his eye and it was still and he was saying he was good he was like i'm good i'm good and the doctor was, was like no you're not he was like how many fingers he was like zero he's like wrong answer Hand. <laughs> it was, yeah man yeah. um this this is a shitty situation but you know it, it ended like it was supposed to end it ended in a no contest like the dude cannot march forward and and your eyes are so important man look at michael bisping um he lost an eye in fighting and yeah i I think that they made the right decision with this fight there's no reason for you to continue rebook it when they can if not rebook them with someone else but uh yeah it must suck for both of those guys to go through a training camp and and then go in there for 29 seconds and not get a winner right because you you want to win or lose right you don't want to the doctors decide or some penalty or some some mishap to decide a, an outcome of a fight but it is what it is man and uh we just got to move forward hope uh justin is it looks like he's okay but not nothing serious nothing serious that happened let's talk about david oyama right this guy he is 
he had uh he's been touted right by a lot of people as like a, a major threat in that featherweight division he he uh he did his thing man second round uppercut knockout yo he's a, one of those guys that started at glory now he's i believe he's at factory x with with a really good crew at factory x um but the thing about him is his celebration was corny as hell like yeah you he can't didn't even do it right off, number one he didn't even do it right <laughs> like he rushed through it and he just copied someone else like why are you it's not like izzy was like a fighter from the first generation of the Where ufc and that's what him, he did yeah. and you're like paying tribute or uh, homage to him it's like he just did it like a month ago dude like can't you find your own little cartoon celebration that you want to do like what's someone thank you what, i don't understand and that wasn't even like an Izzy celebration. It was specifically because of Pereira. Like there was a story yeah. built into the celebration. Yeah. He's like, I like it. I'm going to do it. I don't it know, was, man. It was whack, dude. It, it was it, outside of him being a great fighter, that celebration was whack. Like it was just like, it was corny. Yeah. Dude, find another one. Go watch Tom and Jerry. Find a celebration on there. I don't know. Go, go watch some anime somewhere else. I, I don't know. Like just... It's I don't. There's if no. someone if someone came out and like did a ground and pound finish and then they they uh they did the uh, Tito Ortiz celebration, then it'd be cool. Like it's like Tito Ortiz is like ninety years old, right? He's fought you know he fought in the first generation, second generation, but I don't know, man. Uh, M saying that uh, I think celebration demonstrates what Izzy means to African fighters. I could see that, but you know. I don't know if or, you want to call I mean just cultural just culturally and yeah. you know Izzy's you know pop he's at another level fame. dude yeah I think I'm not saying money wise but I think in the culture and in pop culture Izzy will eventually surpass Conor McGregor in like his influence and like his like I think beyond his fighting years I don't think Izzy's gonna fight much longer dude I feel like he has a few fights left and he's gonna be gone and he's gonna be doing some other shit he'll be involved in the fight game but Conor McGregor is like, he's money. He's walking money, right? Like, that's why he is who he is. But I think Izzy brings more to the table as in contributing to, like, fashion, music, movies, all of that stuff, right? It's going to happen. Yeah, I, I got to jump on this. One, that boys and girls of the world, this is why you don't copycat people, all right? Be yourself. Be true to yourself. When you do the same thing somebody else does, you get no credit. You get admonishment. That shit sucked. If anything, it lowered the entire value of the fight and his performance. Uh, you can't take away a knockout from someone. So good job, Mr. Anama. But, dude, you got to be real to yourself. And we talk about this all the time. I don't know why people are always copycatting each other. Actually, but this kind of thing has been going on in MMA for a long time. Maybe MMA, some of the best athletes, best fighters, definitely on the planet, but not the most original bunch of people on the planet. If you go back in time and you look at walkouts, right? Who did the train, the fighter train first, the Gracies? Everybody in their mama did a fight train for another five, seven years after that, and they had no affiliation. That kind of repetitious uh, copycat stuff is real bad in our sport. And that's why we see so many wannabe McGregor's, so many wannabe this and that. But to your point, John, there is really only one Adesanya. And I hope there's a whole crew of young men and women 
who are in the gym right now who come out with fantastic walkouts and better dance moves and all that other stuff that Izzy does because that stuff can be, like you said, it's homage to someone before you, but you can modify it so it's completely your own and uh, not... This shit sucked. I'll just leave it at that. Well, you know, outside of the celebration, like his performance was great. That was a phenomenal knockout, right? He's a, a very talented fighter. But I think that he can he can probably utilize something else to to make himself stand out. You know, what I mean, of course your performances will stand out, but I don't know. It's just I feel like if you're gonna pay all homage to a fighter, that fighter is the fighter that's saying that you should be original. It's gotta like, be retired, dude. Yeah, yeah. He, that fighter is telling everybody to be original, be yourself yourself man like use your culture you know he's where is he from he's not from the same country what a flag is that he's uh, from uganda uganda right so he's from uganda he's born and raised in uganda i'm pretty sure uganda has some aspects of their culture that we don't know about like he can spread through the world somehow some way like how francis has done his himself right he wears like the traditional garb from his country you know you see him all the time doing it I don't know, some something, right? We see the Japanese samurai fighters and all that. You know what I mean? Even like people from not even from Japan, they're paying tribute to that. I'm just find something. But he he had a great performance. I don't want to like harp on his celebration so much, but he had a great performance. Let's move on to the uh the the opener of this card, which I was very suspicious of of why are they opening the card? This should be the co-main event, maybe even the main event, Brendan Allen, Bruno Silva, Sicko. Why is Brendan Allen fighting Bruno Silva, number one? And why is he kicking off the main card of a a Jacksonville card? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I never really know the rhyme or reason of why certain guys kick off cards. But we see the bigger names usually start the card off, you know, get people in there early, start off with a bang. Maybe that's what they were looking at. Because, yeah, you can easily say that he should have been – that could have easily been the co-main event. I mean, definitely above Onama Santos and Austin Lane and Justin Taffa. No disrespect yeah. to all those fighters. But, yeah, you could easily above all those fights. But, you know, you got to kick it off. Rob, what, what you got? My idea is just that they knew it was going to be on ABC. And you wanted to start off strong, right? You want to get – if people are going to be tuning into this, the whole point of being on ABC is to tap into a, a field of fans or potential fans that are not regulars or common to the game all the time. So you probably just want to start off strong. Hey, look at this. It's pretty awesome, right? Keep watching. And then follow, sure. just like you said, follow it up with the, the other people that you just mentioned. Sure. Totally. Call that, that viewer retention. Boom. Great, great phrase. I yeah, thought the, the Macy Barber Hebus fight would be the one to, to kick but off. But to Rob's point, we love Macy Barber and Amanda Hebus. But to Rob's point, if it's a viewer who's just like, oh, the UFC's on ABC today. Okay, I don't really watch this. And they turn on a female fight. They might not stick around for it. Now, they would have missed out completely because that fight was great. Macy Barn was great. But they might turn the channel. To Rob's point, that makes sense, right? Oh, look at these two giant dudes. We're going to keep watching this. And I, and I love women's MMA. I love it. I'm never going to talk shit about it. But I hear it. I hear it more than I want to. I hear a lot of people say, I'm not interested in girl fights. And it, it hurts my chest to even yeah. say that out loud. So if if I'm a if I'm a suit, if I'm one of those guys at ABC or Disney or whatever, whatever, and I'm worried about ratings and what was it? Viewer retention? Thank you. Viewer I'm retention. Adding that to my arsenal. <laughs> yeah. Then, I mean, you know, this is the entertainment game, right? There's the fight game and then the entertainment game and it's, it's somewhere in between. 
Yeah, but anyways, with uh, with Brendan Allen, man, like he's won five in a row. Four of those five finishes, right? It's it's very rare to be on a five fight winning streak in the UFC. If you look at fighters on winning streaks, through the percentage of fighters that go on winning streaks that are plus five fights, it's very 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 low. And uh, and he's just fighting guys that are not even ranked, but he's ranked. I, well, Andre Munoz was probably ranked, right? But anyways, the dude is legit. He's a legit fighter. Like he needs to fight somebody sure. that's gonna give him some problems. And Bruno Silva didn't get really give him too much problems, right? So Brendan Allen's number 13. Um, who does he fight next, man? I think there was some rumblings of Roman Dolaze calling him out, maybe. What? And Roman is number 10, nine. That's a what do you think, Sicko? I mean, that'd be a good fight, though. You know, I like it. I like it for sure. I mean, because after this, you gotta assume that he's gonna move up quite a bit. I mean, they're not gonna keep him at 13. So let's say he moves up to 10. That's a 9 versus 10 fight. Why not? I like it. Book yeah. it. Yeah. Now that I think about it more, book it. I like that a lot. Yeah, like Bruno Silva, he's he's good, but he's good against like the mid-tier, lower-tier guys. Once you get to that top, it's going to be hard to pick for Bruno Silva. You know what I mean? Because especially against Brendan Allen, he could finish you on the feet. He could finish you on the ground. Like he, he's well a rounded. smart fighter. Uh, I enjoy watching him fight and – and his improvements, right? That's what you enjoy. You enjoy fighters making improvements and continuing to elevate themselves and and get closer to that title, which which is why they're fighting in the UFC, right? If if you didn't, the thing is, is there's two reasons I think main reasons why fighters fight in the UFC. Number one is they just want to be a UFC fighter, and that was kind of like the dream that was embedded into their minds early in their careers. Like you have to be in the UFC. The UFC has been the best place to be, right? And number two is they want that UFC title. You know what I mean? And they want what comes from the UFC title, right? Uh, and those are the two types of fighters that are probably in the UFC. Other fighters, you know, they could be chasing money, and which is not the place for the UFC. Uh, Bruno Silva, I don't know what he's trying to do, but Brendan Allen is clearly, clearly chasing after that title. That man is on a mission. And uh, I want to see him fight... Um, to be honest, I want to see him fight Drickus Duplessis when eventually, you know what I mean? I'm not saying now, but I think that's a great matchup. I think those two fighters together, it's going to be an insane three-round fight. Um, yeah. But anyways, moving on from, from that fight, uh, we had a, a long list of prelim card or prelim fights. We had Neil Magny, who's also ranked. He was on the prelims of this card. You had Randy Brown, who was previously ranked. Um, a great fight between... Um, uh, Josh Van and uh, Zalgis Zumagulov. What stuck out? You know, you had uh, Cedric, what is it? Cedricus Dumas get his first win in UFC. You had uh, Chepe versus. Uh, Let Trevor me go. <laughs> Let me go on Chepe, bro. Let me go on because I'm I'm hot, man. I'm hot. Chepe, short notice, comes in small promotion, big underdog, has the performance that he had. No bonus. Nothing. Fucked Nothing up. Both, at all. Them. both of them should have got a bonus. Fucked and up. Even if you don't want to give both of them, right? Even if perform like we I don't want to harp on something we harped on last week, but last week we talked yeah. about how they just need to get rid of the fight of the night. This is another perfect mm -hmm. example of why you should just get rid of the fight of the night to give out as many performance bonuses as you should give. I'm sorry. I like Josh Emmett. He's a dog. He showed he was a dog. There's no way you can tell me that he deserved a bonus more than Chepe did. There's no way, man. And I even reached out to Chepe because I was like, 
before I go crazy and start talking, let me make sure I get my facts right because we do know sometimes Dana will slip a little something, something to fighters, even if they don't get the performance bonus. So I reached out to Chepe and I was like, hey, man, great fight, great performance. Just wondering, like, did you get a bonus outside of just the win bonus? And he's like, nah, not hopefully next time. But nah, I didn't. I'm like, that. Oh, man. that's ludicrous. That nothing. The dude comes in, takes the fight, gets into the promotion. He's supposed to lose. Let's be honest. Peak is supposed to have another highlight reel. The standing hammer fist that Peak throws. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but he's about to do it again. And this dude has a performance of his life in the biggest stage in his debut. And nothing. Nothing. I don't, that, I don't know, man. I don't like it. That got me hot. Yeah, I back sure, you up. Man. I back you up. That This is... This just shows how broken the bonus system is. And, I mean, just from a management point of view, don't you want to show your, the fighters on the lower card that you want to perform and do well and we are paying attention to your fights? This almost gives the vibe that, like, management's only watching the main card. So doesn't matter what you do down there. Win, win by ground hump, you know, wrestle fucking or dry humping, like, if that's what the case is, like why go out there guts glory and get and they need they they needed each other right those two people in that dance, uh but shit yeah man come on man I back up everything sickle says this is crap and I don't know what his show and win was but I know it doesn't equal fifty he could have really really used that fifty man for sure uh, hey you know like even Josh Van right Josh Van goes in there on short notice. Yeah. against uh Zalgas and Zalgas arguably could be a top 15 fighter right now you know what I mean he's had some decisions not go his way and Josh Van went in there and marched uh down Zalgas and did his thing man first fighter from from Bur Burma from Myanmar to be in the UFC he like he's hood as shit like he's from <laughs> Texas like he's from Myanmar which is like a war-torn country in some ways and he moves to Texas and he like his story is pretty crazy, and uh, and he's he's a kid that was in the streets, turned his life around, and now he's in the UFC. Man, you always love to see stuff like that. Yeah. And and I I don't know this for a fact, so kill me if you want to later. But I don't remember a Fury FC fighter because that's you know LFA. I still give them a little bit more credit to to jump from Fury FC right into the mix, like you said, John, against a guy who's fringe ranked and. All that, I mean, come on, UFC. Like, what? Come on, man. Like, and okay, I last last argument about the bonuses. Like, okay, can can does it always have to just be fifty k? Is that why you guys are pinching pennies? Is that why you guys you guys being like you know pinching onto your wallet there? Like, just throw twenty five or something. Throw, throw something at these men and women that's busting their ass for you. Come on, man. Don't have a performance from Chepe, man. Chepe, Chepe, that dude, got the whole crowd. That I mean, he got our spaces lit. Yeah, he's, everybody he popped off the event for us. We were like, yeah, the first couple of fights, yeah, cool. And then Chepe's fight, we were like, oh man, like it, it, it set it off for sure. And I hope nothing but the best for him because with that name, nickname, certain whatever. I mean, that's like a mononym, right? Like, there's no other, but there's nobody else you could be mistaking him for. So I hope, I hope all the best things in the world for him and your marketing machine blows up, sir. Imagine like homeboy like wins like 10 in a row he's fighting for the, the lightweight title and, the, and they're in mexico and the crowd like before he walks out is like Chepe, Chepe, yo there's no other there's no other better name man like to have like you become name. like madonna in mexico or in the <laughs> u.s right canelo like yeah Prince. it's another canelo type exactly why mm -hmm. hey 
someone needs to clip this. So if Chepe ever becomes like, <laughs> the, the fighter that, we that maybe you, may, you never know, right? Who would have thought? Like, you know, a lot of people probably didn't even think Volkanovski after his first fight would have become like who he has become, right? Alexa yeah. Grasso, right? It's not like many people were saying that. So I mean, how Chepe, long ago did everyone write off Charles, right? Yeah, Chepe, we got your back, man. Do your thing, man. Do your thing. Just you don't get into it. wars like this anymore. Like that. Usually fighters that get into wars like this uh-huh. are not going to be making it to the top of the division. That's just no. reality. So I also, side note, just about the, the undercard, I don't know. I don't keep track because I don't gamble. But four underdogs right off the bat, right in a row to open a show, that's got to be very extremely rare for the people who are interested in that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah man. Um, shout out to uh, Jack Jenkins getting the split decision win over, over uh, Jamal Amherst, which is a, a really good opponent, especially in your second fight in the UFC to get a win over. Split decision, a win is a win. Um, and uh, what about Tap the Richie, man, getting the decision over Jillian Robertson? I've, and she was the underdog, I think, as well against Jillian Robertson. Um, not the most entertaining fight, but uh, – and Jillian Robinson, clearly, you know, she's still super young. Dude, she's like, um, it's insane how young she is and how many fights in the UFC she has. She's not like super, super young, but she's 28, right? And she has 15 fights in the UFC. Everybody thinks she's fights. older than she is. Yeah, oh, you're definitely. Right. Everybody always trips out that she's like 20. She's under 30? What? The, the same expression all the time, John. Like, and she's super, she's super active. Um, you know, and she's always taking risks, man. And she's she's done a great job with her career, and she's still like not even the best version of herself. She needs to definitely work on her striking, yeah. but uh, that's what we always say, right? But anyways, Richie's so good on the ground. You know, she neutralized it. Or her, gra- I mean, not her grappling, but wrestling. Like even if Robertson didn't work on striking as much, work on wrestling. Like if that's yeah, your getting strength the is, get, yeah, if your strength is on the ground, get the get it to the ground. She kind of wants to play off her back a little bit and everybody knows like especially once you start moving up the rankings yeah. man it doesn't work in, in mma playing off your back just doesn't work for long enough eventually you're gonna uh-huh. have somebody that can keep top control and, and stay safe all right that's uh that's our recap our, our reaction to ufc uh jacksonville i was about to call it ufc las vegas jacksonville i got a few topics man outside of the event that you know we could we could uh chop it up about the first one is, right. uh, let me put this on the screen, it, ha- it has to do with, uh, not even the UFC, it has to do with uh, the PFL, right? And PFL and the whole situation, I know you guys were watching uh, the whole situation that was going down. Why is this not popping up? Anyways, let me see. Let me see. Okay. I'm assuming we're talking about the Shane Burgos switch. No, not the Shane Burgos switch. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're talking about that. Okay. All yeah. Right. Uh, it's not well, coming up. Anyways. I was say, right, I so, love the PFL, and it's hard for me to defend them in this one. So go for it, John. All right. So the PFL, they suspend Natan Schultz and Rausch Mafio or Manfio for not meeting fight standards at PFL 6, right? So basically, what happened was these two guys, Natan Schultz and Raus Manfield, they're like best friends, like legit best friends. Not no like, oh, Gilbert Burns and uh, what's his name? Uh, what was his name? Kamaru. 
Kamaru Usman. You forgot about Kamaru yeah, yeah, already. Yeah, Kamaru Usman. Uh, <laughs> it's not like that. They're yeah, like trade partners. They're friends, you know, but they will fight each other, right? These guys are legit friends, like best friends. The dude is the godfather of dude's son or his daughter, what, whatever it is, right? Like when, when you're at the godfather level, right? Like that's like, that's beyond best friends, right? You guys are very, very close. And I guess the fight, did not live up to the standards and uh and they're p- pretty much it's considered a work like they kind of like agreed to to make it a uh, how do you know that they agreed did they come out and say that they agreed to this cuz there's, there's a lot of speculation right in this fight but um but people are calling it a, a glorified sparring match sparring session which we've seen many times in the past it's not like we've never seen a fight like this in the past between two guys that don't know each other and and they decided to pull the winner, pull everybody out of the playoffs, and then slide in Shane Burgos on their own, like on their not even the commission, like on their own as an organization. Decide like PFL has been doing some oh, questionable things, questionable moves, man. With, yeah. Shitty with, shit. With, They've been doing shitty shit. This year it's has not been look. the best year for PFL, man. You got all the steroids going on. And them getting popped, not even them, it's like all their fighters, a lot of their fighters getting popped. And then, like, there is, there's a balance of good and bad. They, they've signed, like, Jake Paul and Francis Ngannou and all these things and expanding everywhere. But then they got all this stuff going on stateside, which is not good for their reputation. And we'll get into, like, how Francis Ngannou is in, tied into this. But, J-Spec, what do you think of, like, the whole switch, switcheroo, like you mentioned earlier? I think it super sucks. It stinks. It stinks on every level. It stinks that it looks like corruption. I don't think it is. I think it looks like corruption. It also stinks that I'm a big advocate for the PFL. You guys know that. You guys watching know that. I say it almost every week. Uh, I gave them tons of my money. I went to all of their shows they had in Las Vegas. Like I love their product. I advocate for their fighters and how talented they are. I talk about how many UFC fighters go over there and get smoked. And then... You completely undermine the gem, the cornerstone, the the every the foundation of which you guys are built upon and why I advocate for you is because fighters determine the outcome of the series. And now that's not the case. Now suits and business people and whoever else can come in and change the tournament to how they see fit. On top of the fact that if I don't I don't know right off the top of my head if Shane Burgos was the very next person in the line of the rankings of the point system to be awarded but i don't think so i don't think he was and that makes it even more weird um i don't like this i don't like this on any level on the other hand though they are very close the match was very rough before the match in our in the space that i did for the show i was talking about how i like men feel and he fights in a way that i kind of like and then nothing happened and then the ton laid in laid and prayed basically and got the win and i even advocated for him at the time that hey all he needed was these three points to clinch his playoff spot and he's into the next round he's into the playoffs and he's a two-time champion of the pfl already i'm for a guy now it's not not the most entertaining but i'm for a guy using his brain and getting into the next level whichever which way he can to try to become the first ever three-time pfl champion that's what i fought for now one of our good buddies guy in the room was like dude this fight sucks i can't understand any of this and like i said i'm running out of ammo defending the pfl this season 
I've had to defend them on so many fronts, and this last issue is making it real hard for me. I'm not giving up on the PFL. I still love you, PFL, but bro, this sucks. And uh, once again, I'll just conclude it with the same thing I already said. This undermines the legitimacy of a league, of a tournament, and makes shit suck. I'm done. All right. So I'm going to put the PFL statement up here for Sicko digs deep. Last night, Nitton Schultz and uh, Roush Mafia did not meet the standards which all PFL fighters agreed to uphold in competition. All fighters in their PFL fight agreements agreed to use their best efforts, skills, and abilities as a professional athlete to compete and defeat any opponent. It was very clear that Nitton and Roush did not meet that contractual standard in yesterday's bout. PFL immediately suspended both fighters from the season and deemed the fight to have zero points for purpose of league standings. PFL takes this action recognition of its responsibility to all pfl fighters and all the fans here are the updated lightweight semifinals clay collar this is a great fight though i'm not these this playoff is a great playoff because i actually know about all the fighters i'm not complaining about it but you're just like you're playing puppet master now right sicko like what's your just what i always brain blow up what i always say about the ufc is Time and time again, they have to choose between whether they're a sport first or an entertainment company first. And the beauty of the PFL, at least what I thought was, is you would never have to question it. It's always a sport first before an entertainment company. Now we're seeing that that isn't drawing enough for them. They're clearly not making enough. They're not getting a good enough return on investment, right? So now we have to start being an entertainment company. Now we have to throw a huge bag at Francis, even if we're not quite sure what we want to do with him yet. Now we're going to sign... Jake Paul, when we have no clue what we're going to do with him and nobody knows what he's going to play, what role he's going to play with us here. And now we're going to put an investment in Shane Burgos. This is my issue. Say what you want, PFL. I truly, truly cannot believe that if Shane Burgos wasn't sitting outside of the playoff spot, that they would still do this. I think Burgos being outside was a perfect opportunity for them to say, hey, this guy's making a lot of money. Rob, correct me if I'm wrong. He's the highest paid at the weight class. Yup, by a lot. By a lot. Almost, by almost double. You think they're going to let him be out of the playoff system? So if you want to call corruption on the fighters, I better see a huge investigation saying that they fixed this, and now we have a really very dangerous, slippery slope that we're going on if you think that these two guys fixed the fight. Because now what I think, PFL, is you guys are fixing your playoff system to get a guy that you invested a lot of money into. It's a very slippery slope. Man, they should why couldn't they have just, hey, we're going to find you. Hey, we're going to take a percentage of your purse in your next fight. Mm-hmm. Something. Hey, maybe there's a problem with our system. We understand if fighters have to come up against each other that they train with, they're close with, this could happen. So maybe we have to find something around this in the future. But you can't just make this now and again. If Shane Burgos isn't there, I really don't think they do it. And that's my biggest issue is I think they just made it happen because they invested too much money on a guy they can't see outside of their playoffs. When when you look at this situation, right, and uh, and you know we we want transparency, transparency, right? Always yeah. as a fan, you want transparency to see like to to see that the fighters and whoever's involved is being treated fairly. That's what we want. And you know what, Francis has been fighting for that for a while now, right? He's been fighting for the fighters, you know, getting them like medical coverage and and higher purses and all of that stuff, right? And there was this whole free agent see that was going on around that situation. 
and he finally signed with the PFL, right? And we'll get into how Francis is tied is tied into this eventually. But uh, yeah, man, with with this and with with the season, like you said, sport versus entertainment. We always thought the PFL was sport first because it's a season and they want to be different. And now they have alienated fans of the John, sport. I gave a perfect analogy comparing it to football, right? We were talking about it. Imagine there's a team that didn't make the playoffs, right? It's the last week of the season. You got two teams that are playing, and whoever wins is in the final playoff spot. And the game ends 3-0. And the NFL <laughs> commissioner goes, nah, I didn't like it. The Cowboys are in the playoffs now. Yeah. You'd be like, wait, what? You can't do You can't do that man you literally can't do no it. dude the world would blow up like imagine the F- yeah. nfl like imagine the, the fads of like either teams like of course happen. if you're in the right then you're good right but you're, you're also not. with this being said like let's talk about we, we talk about this the pfl and bellator other leagues don't get that much media what happened did anybody talk about the great card because that was one shitty fight on an overall card that was really good it had some pretty solid finishes are we writing talking blogging making videos talk about any of that shit no the very next day i had to answer 50 questions about what i think about natan schultz getting replaced that's the only question i answered all day saturday about the pfl nothing to do with the pfl other than that and good job Putting putting the wrong kind of PR on yourself, PFL. I yeah. love you, but I hate you right well, now. Well, with with the season, right? And I've talked to this, and I've I'm, I don't think I'm the one who came up with this, but they should have always had a lottery for everything, like a, a, a public lottery, like streamed on the PFL YouTube channel, where you have all the names on balls. Like it's a lottery, right? And then you spin that ball, you know, and then whatever pops up. Next to whatever pops up, they're fighting each other. So there's no, like, any argument about, like, transparency in the matchmaking. Because that was another problem with this matchup. It's like, why are they even putting this fight together? These guys are best friends. They train together. They've lived together. They're godfathers of each other's children. It's like, why would you do that on purpose? You thought, like, this was going to create some kind of, like, controversy? No, it created what you created. You created this PFL. You created it by making the fight. And, and when he went in there and, and, and laid and prayed on him, there has been thousands of fights that have been lay and pray. None of those fights have been taken, you know, to review and, and like, and it has so much consequence to it. Let's go to Natal Schultz's uh, response to this. He says, I am very unsatisfied with the decision that was taken by the PFL last night to favor Shane Burgos's entry into the playoffs. I believe this is not Natal Schultz writing this, right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. remember Francis Agano's fight against Derek Lewis? He did, yeah, Natal Schultz, he is smart, man. I like that he did this. And he and he mentioned Francis Ngannou. This is a very smart move by Natal Schultz. Um, against this fight, he threw six punches in the whole fight, and he wasn't cut from his performance last that night. So I ask you, Francis Ganu, since you protect the rights of the fighters, do you think that this, this is perfect? This is chef's kiss because Francis Ganu was fighting for exactly this stuff, like to make everything fair and even and right. not have the promotion control everything. And is Francis Ganu going to come out <laughs> and do anything about this? This is like really the tall man. He's making big moves, man. He's he's playing chess, not checkers. And he's and the reason, and I love it. Francis, is he the real deal or not? This is gonna. I think this is might be able to. This might decide if he's really for fighter rights, or was he just was that all fluff? 
Yeah. Right. Was it all fluff? Because now he's part of the board, right? I believe. Well, he's part of the board. Or he's he's the head of PFL Europe. Um, excuse me, PFL Africa. Africa, which hasn't yet even launched. Yeah. So, and, and just defending Francis for no good reason because he doesn't need my defense. But it's like, does he even have power to say something? Because if this was in the Africa League, then yeah, he would have some kind of say so. But this, you know, is this even in his realm of negotiating power for Francis? Well, the thing is, if he's out there, like, you know, talking crazy shit about the UFC, right? Why would he not do the same about PFL unless he's getting everything he wants? But we need the athletes to be treated fairly. And that's what Francis was all there out there about is like, we need this and we need that. It's all about the treatment of athletes, right? Sicko, Francis Ngannou, man, he has to step up to the plate, right? Man, Imagine him waking up to seeing this. It reminds me of that fifty that fifty cent gif. Though, what do you say fuck me for? Like that's exactly what Francis is probably like. Yo, I don't want to be part of this. I have yeah. anything to do with this. I didn't make this fight. I didn't. I'm not the one that suspended you. But if you are all about fighter advocacy and not just this was a chef's kiss, right? Cool. What about Jake Paul? Throw him in there too, right? Isn't Jake Paul yeah. about what's right for fighter fighters? union? That's the whole point. Fighter union. This is his whole point. Yo, Jake Paul, what's up? You you both are part of the PFL. You guys are both making big money now. You guys are part, in Francis's case, have equity share in it now. What's up? Why am I out? What happened here? That's not fair for me. And he's 100% right. It's not fair for him. But for Francis, right now, it's time to put the big boy pants on. Like you said, you talk the talk. That's lovely. This is the first opportunity you have to walk the walk. Will he do it? I don't think anything's going to happen, dude. I really don't think anything. He's going to sit there and go, I tried. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Talk to them. That's not That's not my realm. This didn't happen in Africa. So that's on you guys. Yo, he's okay. And, and great. This is all great conversation. And I think it's actually hilarious to talk about. But the reality is this is a structure of the PFL problem, not a fighter named Francis Ngannou's problem. The the PFL copies so many great and homages, so many great aspects of the former Pride uh, rule set, even with the, the ref cam, right? They're one of the few that still do that, and it's great. Why don't you have a yellow card system? Exactly. Why don't you have a yellow card system in a, in, in a fight league that doesn't allow elbows and finishes and things and points are super important to your entire structure of the of the game? I bet you if if you would have caught a yellow card or even two where the second one now you're minusing a point, this fight isn't such a dud. You don't have this problem. This is what this goes back and I'll point my finger right back at the suits and ties who are not in the fight game, who are not fighters. Definitely not Mr. Sefo. I love you, uncle. But, uh, you know, everybody else that has never strapped on the gloves and been in the cage, this is a structure of your own creation of your own business. Hey, business guys, you guys like taking all the money. Figure this stuff out. It's not that hard. Yellow card system. Yeah, this is, a, this is a perfect opportunity for them to sit here and look at the bridge that they have to cross now and say, okay, come out to the public. Like you said, John, transparency is what we want. Come out to the public and say, hey. We've realized there are some deficiencies in our in our setup and our structure. We've realized that there are some things that can go wrong. These are the adjustments we're gonna, we're gonna make moving forward. You can't just go. We're gonna suspend them. And Shane Burgos is in. <laughs> like, come on, man. I'm, I'm not hitting on Shane Burgos, and I'm actually rooting for him to win. He might win dollars. it all. To be honest, and that's he what I'm might. saying. I'm rooting yeah. for him to win it all because you know, I you know, like I'm I'm 
I like Shane Burgos. He's I'd rather fighter. see Shane Burgos in, to be honest. I'm... And to be honest with you, I think Shane Burgos should come out publicly and say, yo, I'm going to throw. If I win, the, if I go to the million dollars, I win it. I become champ. I'm going to throw 50K okay. on the books for uh, the Tom Schultz because yeah, that's yeah, the reason sure. why I'm in that position is because the Tom Schultz made, not because of the PFL. The PFL, they need to be more transparent and, and, and show that they are a competitor to the UFC by being more transparent. And like I said, the matchmaking needs to be transparent, right? It's, they need to show like, yo, this is being fair because right now everything's being blamed on the PFL from the matchmaking to making this decision to put Shane Burgos into the playoffs. They're they're the ones being blamed. No one should blame the fighters. Yeah, why, the wasn't fighters Shane fighting, and... why wasn't Shane fighting one of them? That's what they I'm saying. They gave Shane like... their hottest, you know what I mean? It was Shane and, uh, um, Jesus, Mercier. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. A couple fights round. ago. Why? Yeah. Why not switch that up to get that fight eventually in the championship? Like, that all is questionable. Yeah, because if, if it was transparent, right, if there was some kind of form of lottery that they used that you could always go back and watch it, like live on TV or YouTube or whatnot, whatever, then you have you can't blame the, 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 the promotion, the organization, because why? You saw it with your own eyes how this matchup came together, right? Yeah. And there was a lot of questionable matchups this year. And I, you know, if I probably don't remember the questionable matchups of previous years, maybe there were some or not, but this year there has been a lot of them, man. And, uh, and a lot of controversy is the PFL able to dig themselves out of this, right? Our fans, because, you know, when you watch the numbers of people watching live, it's not that high, to be honest with you. Are people going to start dropping off because of this? Is that what's going to happen? Come over I'm, to one. I, I'm, I'm not, me. I'm not stopping. Live. I'm not stopping my PFL support. The, I think I think they might be stretched a little thin in the leadership department because they got so many. They're growing so rapidly that they might not have the all the right minds on all the right tasks all at the same time right now. There's Is so Scott much to, Coker the answer? Is he the answer to come in and be that figurehead for them? Because he has so much experience. He has the the K one kickboxing experience. He's promoted in Japan. Fighters He's, respect he, he, him. Strike Force, Bellator. Point. Bellator has become a, a man, a, a solid product now, man. Like they, they have good matches, dude. Yeah, top ten uh, rankings. Right, it's pretty insane. Like what he has done with that promotion. People talk about oh, is it making money? I don't care. Like he's he's made a great product. And there's the big rumors, right? PFL. They're really seeking out and trying to buy Bellator. Maybe that will be part of the merger, that we will see an actual figurehead like Scott Coker come in and be that guy. And, and you know, all the other stuff after that is what it, it is what it is. But I think they need a clear leader, right? Not 15 different people with, you know, you know, because when you get 15 people, their, their clicks form, all this stuff happens. You need one guy that is the head. That comes out and addresses everything properly. I think that's what's missing in in the PFL and and PFL. They could grow. They could get out of this, right? They could they could you know turn themselves around. It's just like how are they going to do it? Are they going to be able to like get gain our confidence again? Because right now their confidence, your confidence in them is not very high, and and they're just like giving away money now. It's just like hey, here's a million dollars, everybody. Who's next? And yeah, uh, yeah it's pretty crazy. Um, Oh man, it's it's very, very, 
Just, but, I'm um, just thinking about what happens if Shane goes on and wins it all. Dude. Yeah. You better throw some 50k on uh the Tom's books, Bro, man. You let's, got to. You let's got throw to 50k on the Tom's books. I don't like man. it. Like, I don't like do it. Um, I want to see what Francis is gonna say. Uh, is he gonna come out and publicly say anything and like give a a logical perspective, like from a fighter's perspective, right? Of like what what exactly they should have done. Even if it's against PFL, right? Even if it's something that criticizes PFL, why can you not criticize your employer? You know yeah. why not? You yeah. should be able to. This is a weird. This is a weird situation for Francis, right? To have a seat <laughs> at the board. Well, because think about it. Let's say Dana White or anybody else, right? Any any figurehead, anybody at the top comes out and heavily criticizes, which we've seen Dana White time and time and time. Woodley, you name it. There's a million fighters that he comes out and criticizes their performance. Well, they don't have the luxury of going, what about your performance? Francis, unfortunately, is in that situation. He can't back the PFL. He can't back his own organization and say, hey, man, you guys didn't give a good performance. You guys didn't do that because you do have that luxury of looking at Francis and go, I'm sorry. I could pull up your fight against Derek Lewis. What happened there? Should you have been suspended? So he's in a real weird like player coach type of situation where like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. He's in a real tough bind like. No matter what he says, it's not going to be good. The I think one, they're going to advise him just to not say anything. The one maybe saving grace, and I'm not putting the term cheater or work on either Manfield or Schultz because that is one of the biggest insults you can give a fighter. But, just but, if there is any kind of conversation, the locker rooms are small and everybody knows everybody, right? And if there was any kind of a hint that they decided to just do a shitty wrestling match, then all of this is absolved for the PFL. Then the PFL did do the right move. There's there's literally only one way I've been looking at this problem for it to be legit and to make sense. And all the things we're asking for, transparency and all that other stuff, it actually does happen. But it's it's so ugly and buddied up right now. I mean, I mean you get into a whole other can of worms of fixing fights, and now all of a sudden the bookkeepers start getting involved and – then it shows that the fight was fixed and then you get lawsuits on your hands. Like, yeah, man, it's just, it's not good all around. Nah, it's not good. Um, yeah, it's the PFL, the, the, the playoffs are tainted. They're tainted now. And yeah, for this division organi- yeah, for and this the organization division. did it to themselves, which is, it's, I don't think it's ever happened like this before. Like where the organization tainted, like, Fighters pop for PEDs, right? Mm-hmm. Can't control that. That's that happens. They taint their legacy. You know, we've seen what you know TJ Dillashaw went through with him himself and and, right. and the PEDs. Um, but an organization controlling. I'm not saying they're controlling the outcome, but they're like really towing the line. <sighs> Slippery right slope, with this, man. it's you, the it, tournament went from a play in format to now there's a elected person yeah, like yeah. there's three played in and one person was selected in it's we just all i can say is i just hope that it changes you know it goes why can't, back to, why can't you do a a quick shane didn't get hurt and he wants the opportunity why can't you just do a quick let shane and him fight for the spot they won't do that because they have to throw another event you know what i mean that's like I don't think that's going to work out because the next event I mean, is the playoffs. Time, yeah, it's, it's two yeah, months. It two work. months between it's, every event. It's not enough yeah. time. This is something that was not out of the 
like this was something that was not out of their control, right? This was something in their control, and they controlled it. For it no could reason. Pretty snap. It could they controlled pretty it to no reason, too, right? And it then, didn't seem like they sat on it for too long. And then they Shane like, Burgos, Wait. right after that fight, he says, "I have a feeling my uh, season is not over yet." Even though his season was over at that point, right? He has, I have a season. And then the next day, he's, he's in the playoffs. Yeah. Hey, he was like on Instagram. Manif- like, manifestation, man. right? Manifestation. You're just like, you, you, you believe it, the you universe. It, you, all that good stuff, right? But uh, shout out to Shane Burgos. Now he's in a good damn position. Million dollars on the line. That's good the messed up part of this all. Is like, and I'm actually way more excited for the PFL's playoffs. <laughs> when Shane there's is. some good fights. Him and Clay Collar is going to be a great fight. Bruno Miranda versus uh, who's it? Uh, Olivier and Bruno's. You know he's a great striker, so we'll see what he can do against uh, uh, OAM. Uh, but you gotta clearly think OAM is the the favorite in yeah. that in that round robin. But anyways, we'll move on from that topic. We'll we'll take the last six minutes and discuss this incredible matchup that I think a lot of people are not even talking about, but I love I love to see it, which is. Musk versus Zuck. (laughs) You guys have a good one. I'll see y'all later. I think the Z is supposed to be an S. (laughs) But the thing is with this one, right? They're talking about UFC 300. Who? I think that they're going to do it, man. But I think if you're smart, if you're on Musk, Musk, Elon's team, and if you're on Zuck's team, you do not fight each other. That is just not going to be good. They're only going to be good for the UFC. I guarantee it. It's not going to be good for Elon. It's not going to be good for Zuck. It's only going to be good for the UFC and Dana White. And that's why Dana White, he knows it. He knows it right away. That's why he already made T-shirts. He's got nipple rings. He's got panties. <laughs> red panties. He's already made those. Right? He's got Zuck and Musk on the back of the tin. Like, he's got the Dana, bikini on. I'm over he's doing Dana his White. best version of, uh, of uh, Oscar De La Hoya. Right about this fight, panty hose. Exactly. I'm telling you, right? Uh, uh, we know Dana, that dude. you know Dana White. We know we we know him. We hate him. We love him. It's all of that stuff, right? Because what does he do? He's a promoter, and yeah. he says what he needs to be said yeah. for that week. And every week is different, and we don't have to talk about his contradictions. But he's really into this fight. J Spec, are you into this fight? Do you want to see this fight on UFC 300? As possibly the main event. I don't want to see this fight ever in the history of never. And the, the best thing about this is that I won't have to. The likelihood that this, I do not believe in this at all. I think this is a beautiful, beautiful, non-commitment, massive boost of publicity to all parties involved. Elon Musk gets his name said 10,000 more times a day than the average amount. Zuckerberg gets his said way more because I, I feel like people talk more about Musk than Zuckerberg in the first place. Uh, the UFC being even in the perimeter of this gets this huge boost. My, 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 my dad, who like rarely talks about upcoming matchups, goes, so what's up? We got Musker Zuckerberg. I'm like, what? Like the amount of reach that this story is casting across the world. I'll, I'll just use that for it. It's going across the world. It's going across all generations of people, people who don't give a flying shit about MMA. It, it's a great, humongous publicity stunt. And I will be super shocked if they actually fight. My main reason is the huge age gap between the two of them. 
Second, the lack of training by both parties. I don't give a crap that Zuckerberg's been taking private lessons uh, with whatever McDojo crap he's been doing. I bet I will bet ten thousand dollars that Jet uh, Sickle's son is a more accomplished jujitsu artist than Zuckerberg at this point. Like, dude, I'm not kidding. My son looks better <laughs> when it comes to jujitsu. I know, I know. That's Which isn't surprising. Kiss. I guarantee you, he trained a lot longer than Zuckerberg has. I mean, you can tell just by watching his like last video of, of him rolling with uh, Friedman. Trust me, folks. This is nothing more than the best publicity thing you've seen in the past couple of years. These guys do not end up fighting. And let's just go in imagination land that they do. It will be shit. It, you you might as well just go hang outside of your Walmart late night. You'll get a better fight. And that's my take. Yeah. This fight, if it happens, people are going to watch it. People oh, are going to sure. watch it. It's going to be the most. Dana White's not lying. It's going to be the most watched fight in all time, of all time. He's not lying to you. Because these are two of the most famous people of all time. All time. And if they fight, you better take advantage of this situation as much as possible. And Dana White's going to do that. And Dana White is... It's so he's, weird, he's though, the right? Best. He's the best. Like, I have no interest in watching these guys fight. Man. Like, I can... You, you have I no interest, but... But will you watch it, though? I mean, it depends on the rest of the card. Like, if it was just these two guys fighting, no, man, I'm not watching. I'm definitely not. Oh, paying. no, of course not, right? I'm but let's say paying. the undercard under is like. It's massive, then of course I'll watch that. But I might even dip for the main card, man. I don't care. Like, come on, man. These are going to be. You'll get way better street fights, like way better dudes at a, at a Popeyes at, you know, right before close. You'll see way better fights there. These two guys not only are not trained, but like they don't have an ounce of aggression and fight in them like they just don't man like it's gonna be the weirdest thing you've ever seen in your life and that's what people are gonna tune in for is that spectacle it's a and gimmick fight by definition this is the biggest gimmick fight i've ever seen in my life my, and my, it's getting put on by somebody who says he doesn't do gimmick fights i want to jump on that sickle just because where's the motivation like we know what the motivation for a lot of fighters is it's fighting your way out of fucking poverty these guys are the richest motherfuckers walking around like what, where's the motivation there? Are they suddenly athletes that care about a world title and a sport that dedicated their life to? No. Uh, is this for the rankings of Billionaire Fight Club? No. It, I don't understand where the... Because the reality is, if they fight, this is a fight, dude. And you got to have some kind of reason to fight. And I just don't know where this comes. And this is why I think this whole thing goes in the toilet. And last but not least... Jeff Bezos is somewhere training, and he's going to smash both these guys. <laughs> yeah, they, they need to take steroids. Like, they, they should they should do it. Like, they have the money to become, like, just incredible athletes, right? In a short moment, take, the ster- take all the supplements, to use technology as much as you can, you know, inject, like, steel rods into your forearms and your elbows. Like, do it all. Everything. Like, everything that's possible. These guys have all the technology at their fingertips. Let's see them utilize that technology and maybe even die in there <laughs> doing it. You know what I mean? Like t- take your art to the next level, right? Live in infamy. No, I'm just, I'm not, don't die. But anyways, this to me, this is the BMF fight. They're going to put it on. It's going to be the BMF <laughs> title on the line after Justin Gaethje and Poirier fight. 
That's the BMF, but at UFC 300, I'm telling you right now, BMF title, Musk versus Zuck. RMF. That's it. It's over. It's over. Anyways, this podcast is over. Thank over. you, everybody, for joining us. Make over. sure to follow us on uh, social media right there on the screen on the uh, left corner. You can find all of us on Twitter and, and the Instagrams and the Facebooks and all of that good stuff. Make sure you guys go in the descriptions, download the All-Star app, and we will be back next week to recap all the fun happenings at UFC Vegas 5,677. Peace, love, and uh, keep your guns in the holsters.